Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Nine, now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. And good morning. Welcome in. I'm not worried about Chris Jans and Chris Beard. We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Both of them can absolutely coach their tails off. Now, the league is loaded. And I know we like to throw around the word parody. We don't really have that in football in the SEC, okay? But in basketball and baseball, we do. This league is deep, just like in baseball. I mean, look, y'all know sometimes we've got eight or nine really, really good teams in baseball. Nothing surprises me. I mean, y'all freak out over every loss. Don't get me wrong. I love it. It works for this show. You know, hey, here's an idea. We're going to play 30 conference games, and we feel like we'll go... 27-3. and It's not going to happen. But the SEC baseball is loaded, and it is loaded again this year. The best of the best play in our league. It is deep, deep, deep. Well, do you remember when we talked about the commitment about seven or eight years ago from SEC basketball, and Greg Sankey was determined that the league get its act together in basketball, Jason? Well, guess what? It has. I watched um, Florida and Kentucky, too. Um, I tried to watch Ole Miss and Tennessee, but it just, you know. Got away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And again, I'm not worried about uh, Beard's a hell of a coach. They're going to win some games, okay? Uh, I watched all of Mississippi State and South Carolina, and that was damn near painful just because State played so sloppy, wasn't focused, and the foul trouble. But I will tell you, here's what I thought about the league. Uh, Florida and Kentucky was a fun game to watch. Kentucky pulled it out. Oh, Kentucky. Cal's got some dudes again. Now, he'll screw it up because he suffocates his talent. Okay? And college basketball coaches, for whatever reason, like to suffocate their talent. I think we've got two coaches in um, the state of Mississippi who don't want to suffocate their talent. Coach, Coach their tails off. Let them know what you want, and then let them play. Okay? Let their athleticism shine. They're going to miss some shots. They're going to turn the ball. They're going to turn the ball over. It happens. Uh, I think it's going to be an exciting run to March Madness. I have no idea what's going to shake out. I didn't, You know, Arkansas got beat by 30. Yeah. And I watched the highlights. <laughs> I did not watch that game. I'm not that big of a loser. Okay? But I watched the highlights. And then I also watch Musselman's um, post game, but we have we have really good coaches in this league, and you know Rick Barnes and Pearl, even Cal's a well, he's a phenomenal recruiter, and they are who they are. I don't think I think there's a lot of similarities between Cal and Jimbo Fisher. Okay, 
Mm. I think there's a lot really? of similarities between Cal and Jimbo Fisher. This is ESPN 105.9 The Zone. It's brought to you by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. They took care of my knee for me. I've also been to them for breaking my arm and my ankle. And starting in 10th grade, my uh, knee started dislocating left and right. So power, uh, everything basically on my body is powered by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. Bellhaven Fortification, one of the greatest neighborhoods in the world. Also, Flowood Lakeland Drive. That's their new surgery center and clinic. All of their physicians, subspecialty, they specialize in whatever it is, is your orthopedic hiccup. Now, let's go back to the SEC. We talk about baseball, Jason, in the loaded league, and that sometimes we have a number of teams that could win a national championship uh, out of the SEC. That's how deep our pitching is. I mean, that is how deep our pitching is. It's unbelievable. The best of the best want to play at our two schools and LSU and Arkansas and A&M and Auburn and Florida, O'Sully Sullivan, the list goes on and on. Well, there was a commitment to excellence and raising the bar uh, years ago in SEC basketball. I expect this to be beyond brutal. You're going to have to hang in there. I don't know what else to tell you. It's going to be hard. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You're going to lose games. If you can finish 500, you're in for the most part. You may, you may have to do a little cleanup in the SEC tournament. It's back in Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, which is a great venue. My buddy, Ben Blake, asked me to come up there last year. I had an absolute blast. I, hadn't, I used to go to SEC basketball tournaments left and right. I was lucky. My dad took me to a bunch in the 80s, round mound to rebound. You know, just all kinds of good players coming through, right? With Dominique and Barkley and Tony White. Don't sleep on the wizard from Tennessee, Jason. Um, and many, many Chuck, Chuck person. I mean, players, players left and right. Um, one of my favorite players, very underrated, just didn't have quite enough around him. Chauncey Robinson, one of my favorite Mississippi state players ever from Miami, Florida. I think that's right. Cause Ken Harvey was from DC. Anyway, the point is we have a deep loaded league. South Carolina told me all I need to know. They're long, they're lean, they're athletic. That kind of made me nervous for Mississippi State. Uh, Mississippi State has good pieces. They need to be a little bit longer and leaner and athletic. They need to be Sean Jones, but more refined. I thought South Carolina had three players that very much impressed me, and I love the way they moved around the court. Again, you got dinged because the refs wanted to impose their will early, and you had your best player sitting for a big chunk of the half and one of them still doesn't have his legs under him, but you, and you still had a chance to hub hub hits the four point. Uh, do you know how hard it is to hit a four point play in, in basketball? If you know, just lower. And I know we're not a basketball driven state. It's not well coached here. Jans and beard. It is not at the lower levels for the most part. Um, but so the basketball IQ is not necessarily where it needs to be, but do you know how hard it is to convert? a four-point play in, in college hoops? I mean, I've done it in church league basketball, which is huge. That's a pretty big deal. I don't believe that you've done it. In- I've, I've done it in church league basketball one time, or maybe in horse also. Oh, well, good Lord, nobody's guarding in horse. And how would you do that in horse? Oh, you, 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 can't, you can't get, uh, yeah, you, whatever. The point is, 
he hits a four-point play, and then, you know, you have a shot, but because you missed the free throws, not hub, because you missed the, uh, DJ missed the free throws prior to that, or whatever it was, a minute and a half, two minutes before, you just, the possessions didn't line up for you as far as you were still one possession away from being where you need to be, even though that was a two-point game. Um, I don't know why. I'm not worried about Tolu. I'm not worried about Hub. I'm not worried about what Cam, what you want Cam to do. I need to know more from Shaq Davis, and DJ needs, he's been around forever. He needs to play, he's played a ton of, I mean, how much has he played between Memphis and Mississippi State? What are we, uh, year five times 30? What's he played, 150 basketball games? Woof. I need a little more. I need a little more. Um, You didn't get anything from the Marshall transfer. He's taken a leave of absence. Good grief. That was a lot of teams that wanted him, including Chris Beard and Ole Miss. So that's out the door. Physically, he doesn't look like he can he can do it. Uh, but if you notice what South Carolina, well, look at what Tennessee. It, this isn't a fair comparison because Tennessee's so good. And the pieces that they have. And what they can do to you both on the perimeter. But good grief, what about the dude in the post? Is that guy special or what, Jason? In, yeah. in, a, in a college basketball, you don't see guys that can move around with that kind of footwork. And that's what's impressive. Same thing with Tolu, by the way. The fact that he can move. Most big men can't move. In the NBA, dudes play 24 feet. From, I mean, guys that are 6'11 play 24 feet from the basket, right? Right, yeah. But not, not in college basketball. It's much more of a uh, Patrick Ewing-driven player. Not that Ewing wasn't great, but you know what I mean. Um, So we'll see what Jans is going to do as far as the lineup and minutes. But uh, I am a little concerned about Shaq Moore and Davis. But it's not something that I don't think that Jans can't work out. That was Hardcore Sports. Good morning. Welcome in. Brad Logan, Ole Miss Insider, 930. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. On the big board.
So Jason thinks the uh, best running back in the SEC, Quinshawn Judkins, is headed north to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Columbus, Ohio. It's a good town. I had a great time there. I really did. Like I said, the food and the the restaurant and bar scene, impressive. Of course, that arena downtown, Ooh. it's nice. <laughs> Is it? Yeah, it's a real deal arena. See, Ohio is one of those places. I'm not sure if I need to plan a trip or if it will just happen at some point. Oh, just let it happen. Okay. You don't need to plan a trip. That's what I... I I'm, mean, unless you, like, <laughs> you know, have to see the... I'm trying to think. Well, I don't know. Unless you want to see Quinchon play his last year of college. Hey, look, as long as it's not anywhere down here, we'll just meet him in the national championship. After we beat, there you go. After we beat Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma... After we win all those, right. we'll just meet him in the national championship. That's fine. Natty time. Exactly. Natty. Then you can get back at Quinshot. Yeah. And then we can say, hey, we'll give you a picture of a ring. You can look like you're wearing it. You know? Right. I think that's what you should do. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> you just came up with a great idea. That was beautiful. Very, very good. Um, we are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, we're driven by RPT and Rick's Pro Truck in Glugstat, Flowood, and Pearl. RPT Commercial, ricksprotruck.com. Number one truck, Jeep Accessory Stores, SUV, in the state of Mississippi. And, of course, they'll take care of you. Um, tires and wheels, lift kits, lights, you name. Oh, spray and bed liners for days. All powered by RPT and Rick's Pro Truck. Show is also presented by Independent Roofing Systems, the number one commercial industrial roofing company in Mississippi. Roofing.ms. Roofing.ms. And we welcome in Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst, ESPN. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. A little bit different time slot, but we're open to it. Tom Luganville, good morning on an early Monday. Good morning, buddy. How are you? Well, I'm good. Uh, you know, I think of three things I want to hit with you, and that's okay. the national championship game, Quinshawn Judkins and Michael Van Buren. Um, we've got a little bit of a short segment here. Uh, it it became kind of the thing uh, here in the state of Mississippi late Thursday, Quinshawn Judkins entering his name into the portal. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is one heck of a talent. And uh, I thought what he could do in the second half for Ole, especially in the college level, what he could do in the second half for Ole Miss this past year, um, as far, you know, they played some close games and he almost sealed the deal on the ground because of his physicality. But his yards after contact are impressive too. Um, How are you, how impressed are you with him as far as a talented running back? Very impressed. Um, the, the first time I saw him was week two. It was Georgia Tech and Old Miss in Atlanta. And we were having our production call with Lane and the staff. And we, we were going to, you know, give us, give us the lowdown on this kid. Obviously, he looks like he's got the goods. And, and Lane said at that time, he goes, he reminds me of Josh Jacobs when he was at Alabama. And, and I said, in, in what way? And he said, he looks like he's a power back, moves like he's a scat back, and you can't bring him down upon first contact. And it's really true. Um, I, I think that 
as we've seen the young man's career develop and, and him. You know, he, he wasn't healthy the entire year this year. He was really banged up. I don't think he ever got into full stride the way he did his freshman year. And so it was a little bit of a disjointed year for him. But uh, uber explosive, super powerful. Maybe the best part of his game that nobody talks about are his ball skills and hands. Really, really good out of the backfield. And listen, and I have no internal knowledge of anything, but it, it sounds like this was a, a bit of a mutual parting of ways uh, between Ole Miss and, and Quinchon. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and Ole Miss has definitely sold that. Um, I mean, look, he's a, he's a phenomenal player. And you, you don't just – I know in the NFL we've got all these guys. They can go by committee. But you don't just find a Quinchon Judkins anywhere in college football, right? No, no. The, the, the days of the bell cow lead back probably started to come to an end with some of those um, Wisconsin running backs we saw as of late. Um, Melvin Gordon would have been a, a, a great example of, of that. Um, you just don't see it. It's not like you saw with Bo Jackson or like you saw with um, with uh, Herschel Walker or even you know early 90s when – Guys like Marshall Falk and Garrison Hurst and some of those guys were still like the lead back. Now it's it's situational. A bunch of guys are going to play. Some guys are better pass protectors. Some guys are better pass catchers. Some guys are short yardage guys. Some guys you're going to want to get in space on, on first down. And it requires a, a big room of a, a wide variety of talent. Tom Luganbill on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. You uh, let's switch gears to Michael Van Buren. You were at the Under Armour All American Game. We yeah. interviewed you on the day of the game, mm-hmm. and so you talked to us about Van Buren and Cam Franklin and all the guys from Ole Miss and MSU and how they looked at practice and how y'all get after it down there, which I like, um, yeah. and put them in some some stressful and competitive uh, situations. Yeah. But you made a good point. You've done that the last few years about the Under Armour All-American game, and that is how difficult it is at quarterback to put everybody together over a few days and run some semblance of a pretty good offense. What? How impressed were you with Michael Van Buren and the MVP and the way he played? I thought his ability to create second passing chances in the game was really, really strong. I thought it showed an innate ability to extend plays and not only do so as a runner, but there were two or three plays in there in that game. And he had done this throughout the week as well. But there were two or three plays in that game where he makes some throws on the dead run that he could have taken off and ran if his eyes were on the ground. And he's just had a really good sense of keeping his eyes up under duress and and locating the open target and throwing off-balance, off-platform. I thought he was really decisive with his timing. I think I had told you on that day, I I described him as a a stronger-armed right-handed Dylan Gabriel. That's kind of who he reminds me of. Um, He might be a little more twitchy than Dylan is as a runner, but I think if you watched the game or you saw any of the practices during the week, you saw a guy that's kind of a gamer, right? He just is not going to wow you with the 6'2", 220-pound frame. But a lot of guys aren't like that. You know, he's built more like like Russell Wilson is built. uh, more of a you know stocky, compact frame at about five eleven, six foot tops. Uh, is he? Should he be higher rated? More highly rated? Um, well, we actually have him rated higher than anybody else in the industry. So I don't know. Um, I think that 
Uh, there's a lot of people that have been down on him a little bit. He didn't have a great senior year. He wasn't on a very good team. His sophomore and his junior year, he was on a really good team. He had a really, really good year. So, obviously, uh, that has something to do with it, maybe from a ranking perspective. But, you know, we've kind of always just kind of dug our heels in on what we believe and what we think. And, you know, oftentimes a lot of people tell me, well, you have this guy ranked so, so much lower um, and everybody else has him ranked higher. And, and my, my response to that, so does that mean that we're wrong? What if all of them are wrong? Right. So I, you know, I, 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 I look at it through both lenses, and I've always, I've always told our guys that if you believe in something, you want to stand on the table, that's fine. You've got to accept the fact that you're going to be wrong in this. It's a subjective business. But if you believe in it, let's not cower to what everybody else thinks or what the, in, the Internet says. Sure. To our guns. Yeah. All right. Tom is kind enough to hang with us uh, one more Part, part of one more segment because we got to hit Michigan-Washington tonight. 6.30 kick our time, 7.30 Luke's time, and uh, we're looking forward to that. I am. Now, I don't know about the line. I, I like Michigan, but I don't know if I like them the way the line jumped up here as of late. Tom Luganville on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We'll talk Michigan and Washington. Penix and McCarthy, but more importantly, Penix against what? The number one secondary in college football? Uh, Brad Logan, Rebels 247, 247 Sports, among other things. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. The show is driven by your next Nissan Pathfinder, Nissan Rogue at Canon Nissan in Jackson. I want to say good morning, welcome in. This is ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We are the Out of Bounds Show. Brad Logan, did you have a good weekend? We did, Bo. How's everybody doing in Jackson? Good, good. I think uh, I'm maybe I'm more excited than others on the Washington Michigan game. Um, some people are saying they're not because there's no SEC team in. A, hey, I'm okay with Bama or Georgia not being in it. Got a little fatigue on those two teams. I'm excited to see uh, Penix and the Washington offense against the Harbaugh and the Michigan defense, and and also, but I'm really interested to see the story about is. Harbaugh going to vote for the NFL or is he going to stay? So that's definitely something to watch. Yeah, I think he's gone, but it will be uh, it will be fun to cover. See what you know kind of shakes out here the next couple of days. Strong rumors around the Raiders and the Chargers for uh, Mister Jimmy Harbaugh. Uh, Brad, when were you? When did you know the Quinshawn Judkins Ole Miss relationship was going to? Um, End. Well, there was always questions about Quinchon, even midway through the year. Was he going to return? And when Jackson Dart uh, put out the Instagram video that he would be returning, then everyone was kind of waiting to see what was going to happen with Quinchon. And then after Beach Bowl, it didn't come, it didn't come. And from the conversations that I had um, with people inside the, the Grove Collective administrative body, is that three uh, at least agreements had been made and everything uh, was good, and this was prior to the game. Obviously, that changed over the next couple of days, and they were not on the same page. Uh, Regardless if Quinchon and his camp came back to the collective asking to renegotiate a deal, I'm not exactly sure of all the specifics, but obviously those conversations uh, 
split, and they they kind of fell apart. So at that point, we know Quinshawn entered the portal and is at Ohio State this weekend. We'll see if he commits there. But uh, I think at the end of the day, Ole Miss felt really good prior to the Peach Bowl. Obviously, those communications broke down, and you know, but we could talk all day about how Ole Miss and his fans believe that there are some issues in the locker room, or even so far as to say. You could see him, how he was not celebrating at the post-game ceremony <laughs> along with everybody else. Look, at the end of the day, he was a great running back. And Heck he yeah. Is going to be missed. He is going to be missed a lot by Ole Miss. But the good news is they do have very comparable backs right now in Ulysses Bentley, who, who, who's been wanting more carries in the backfield, along with Kedrick Riscano. And I expect Ole Miss to go to the portal and he gets to get at least one more a viable back. So, uh, sure, he's going to be missed a lot. The question is, is how much? And we won't know really until that 24 season starts. But the good news, like I said, they've got two running backs ready to go right now. So they had agreed on a deal a couple of times. And then, uh, according to reports, Judkins and, and his team kept moving the goalpost? Pretty much. I think that's put put pretty, uh, pretty well. Is he asking for... Do you feel confident that he, that he's asking for over a million dollars? I'm not 100% confident of what he's asking. I just know very specific that what he was asking, I don't think was what the Ole Miss Road Collective was comfortable uh, uh, reaching agreement with. So um, I, I don't know any really pinned down dollar amounts. I just know that it was a pretty wide gap. Yeah. Um. Okay, so when, you know, the, we hadn't had this kind of buzz since, I guess, going into the 2015 season, Brad, for Ole Miss football. Yeah, uh, I mean, really, Bo, you look back on it, I don't know that we've had this type of buzz for an Ole Miss program in, in, in our lifetimes. I mean, we could probably date back until, you know, Coach Johnny Vaughn in the 1960s, but, um, you know, with, and I, and I preface everything I say on the interviews I go on and that sort of thing is, on paper, Ole Miss has the best collection of players that it's ever had in program history. And, and you, know, you know, matching that up against one of its – and, in fact, Bo, it may, at one point, Lane Kiffin may uh, percentage-wise be the winningest coach in Ole Miss history by the end of next year. Uh, he could pass Johnny Vaughn if the, the numbers line up and it's not – you know, next year, maybe the next, but it's really close. He, he's easily the most, the winningest coach since Coach Vaughn, and it's not very close. So, you look at on paper, the way things line up, uh, yeah, I don't think there's any argument that it's uh, easily the most talented team um, you know, we've ever seen. Uh, how do you, I mean, are they top, do you think they're top five worthy of discussion going into the season or top ten? I think they're top ten. You know, we'll, we'll see, you know, as we look at the schedule, it's not difficult really up until October the 12th. You look real quickly, Furman, Middle Tennessee, Wake Forest, Georgia Southern, Kentucky, and at South Carolina. Then, of course, you go over to Baton Rouge on October 12th. There's no reason Ole Miss should not be 6-0 and headed into Baton Rouge. So, but I think they're top 10. They will probably be top 5 by the time they face LSU. We'll see what happens with LSU by October the 12th. But that very easy could, could be two top 5 teams going after each other. But, yeah, I mean, you look at Alabama, Georgia, Texas out of the SEC, we'll see where Michigan lands, Ohio State, yeah, probably top 10. Brad Logan on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. 
Um, how much more work or damage do you think they'll do in the portal? Most of the hay is in the barn. They're waiting on an answer right now from Diego Pounds, uh, the offensive tackle, who's the number three offensive tackle in the portal right now for North Carolina. So they get an answer from him. Uh, they're obviously, you know, there's the herd out of LSU, but I understand those talks are happening. But he's very much a, a commodity for a number of teams. Ole Miss has a lot of competition there. I think they'll probably could have put a couple more pieces maybe in the defensive backfield, maybe a running back. Uh, but I do think the hay is in the bar, so to speak. And I think this team is getting ready for a run in 24. Maybe, like I said, defensive backfield, maybe another offensive uh, lineman, and then maybe a running back. But that appears to be it from everything we've seen. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the portal opens up again in May. So there could be, I guess, for ev- most everybody involved, a, a few more pieces added, Brad. Well, the thing about it is Ole Miss has been very fortunate. You know, I think someone said on some national program that the transfer pool is not about recruiting the portal. It's about recruiting your current roster from not entering the portal. And, and Ole Miss has had a pretty good had a pretty good run here as of late. You know, Quinchon Junkins, the only person of significance that's entered the portal for Ole Miss in this cycle. So you have to do your best to recruit your roster so you don't have any significant parts of that 2014 enter the portal in the next go-round. And, once again, keeping your roster intact, going after that extra offensive lineman, going after a couple of extra defensive backs. And, uh, yeah, I think that's where everything stands. If they can keep their current roster intact and do those things, once again, on paper, best collection of players, best opportunity for an Ole Miss team, I think, in my lifetime, and uh, under the direction of Lane Kiffin, who's the winningest coach since Coach Young Ball. Uh, what about right, so Walter? When you add Walter Nolan to the defensive line, where does it stack up for you compared to like 2015 and some of the other D lines Ole Miss has had? Yeah, since you have Jeremiah Figgis coming back, you also have Jared Ivy coming back. I think that says a lot. And then you add the, the defensive end pieces and Princely Uman Mellon from Florida, and then you added Walter Nolan. It's uh, it, it's one of the better if not the best defensive line classes, or at least collection of players probably, you know, we've seen in at least since 15. And I think this year, this particular past year, I said this was the best on paper defensive line Ole Miss has ever had. And, and they kind of played up to that. I mean, sure, LSU had a big game, and uh, there were some other, you know, games in which Ole Miss kind of uh, you know, fell by the wayside, maybe next to A&M. But I think at the end of the day, Ole Miss had a great defensive line, not to mention – the players they've got coming in after they recruited really well in Mississippi across that defensive front, uh, seeing some of the players coming in, Jeffrey Rush, uh, Cameron Franklin, and uh, Cam Beavers and some other players that they recruited out of Mississippi. So there are going to be some depth pieces, but there, there, there's, there's growth there. And, and that's one thing that defensive coordinator, uh, if he only wanted to do is get some depth at that defensive line, and that's exactly what he's done. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the stronger stronger defensive fronts we've seen at Ole Miss. And Lane mentioned they had been light on the defensive line since he had been there, and I think they feel like they've addressed that. Don't you think, Brad? Yeah, without question. And Randall Joyner and, and Derek Nix, the two guys that have been instrumental in recruiting in Mississippi, along with Kelvin Bolden, who uh, we've learned uh, the reports are out there that he's going to be the tight ends coach. He was instrumental in recruiting Mississippi as well. But, yeah, they, they, they've made that defensive line an absolute area of, of concern over the last couple of years. And they were, they've been recruiting 
hard in the state of Mississippi and through the transfer pool and getting players in across that defensive front. What Randall Joyner has done over the last couple of years is really is really incredible because Ole Miss really had two or three defensive linemen a couple of years ago, zero depth whatsoever. Now they're going to be two and three deep at different positions. Uh, they can go at any moment, and so that's uh, that's a, a very much improved defensive front over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, I. Kelvin Bolden's been great. Is it official he's the tight ends coach? It is not 100 official. The university has not released it, but obviously Football Scoop uh, and John Bryce released that information last week. It's kind of been sitting out there, so we're kind of waiting on an official release from the university, but all of our reports and all of our sourcing indicate that he would definitely be a staff member in in and of itself over the next uh, couple days anyway. Yeah, he's done a phenomenal job in-house, and then it it makes sense for Lane to move him on the field. so that he can really have his own territory and, and all of that. Brad Logan on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. So out of all the hats you're wearing in the media, what's your favorite as far as what you do? I love the podcast, the audio element. You know, you and I have talked off air a lot. And being able to talk to different media members throughout the country and interviewing them about their program. Uh, you know, for example, we had conversations with Penn State Media and just kind of learning about how that media group works in central Pennsylvania and how they're dealing with James Franklin, who, you know, Bo, you and I and the audience knows as a coach at Vanderbilt. Just, I really enjoy that. And uh, and I know you enjoy talking with the good folks here in central Mississippi and now you know, nationwide across the app. But, yeah, getting a chance to visit with fans and, and, and talking to the audio aspect, that's always been a favorite of mine. Uh, did anything jump out at you? You know, they're, they're kind of torn with James Franklin. He wins a lot but is not beating Ohio State and Michigan. Um, when you were visiting with them leading up to the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, was there anything that really jumped out at you, Brad, as far as what they said about James Franklin? Yeah, it's interesting. We we visited with both Lane and James Franklin the Friday prior to the Peach Bowl. It was a Friday morning. And someone asked James about Ohio State, Michigan, the, the pressure to win this game. It, it's a big game, and – you know, he, he's won all of his games on the schedule with the exception of Ohio State, Michigan. You know, he's beaten the rest of the Big Ten. And, uh, you know, he played it all, talked about how, you know, talked about all these numbers about what he and his team have accomplished over the last couple of years. And then he says, you know, he understands that the uh, will to win, the opportunity to play a, you know, a top-ranked, a top-12 team, Ole Miss. And then the postgame, someone actually asked him, you know, this is a big game and, and you guys kind of fell short. After he complained about officiating, he came in and talked about, you know, how, you know, we've got some things to do internally. He, he starts, he goes all in on the, the people that opted out. and You could tell he was really frustrated. And I would expect, you know, obviously we won't follow that program, but I would expect the temperature has turned up considerably on James Franklin for next year because he cannot beat those two teams. But when you don't win in an opportunity in a bowl game, an access bowl over an Ole Miss team in which, Honestly, Bo, I think most of the media couldn't tell you the difference between Ole Miss and Mississippi State. That's just how the people in the Big Ten work. And they didn't have a lot of respect for Ole Miss. And so they obviously thought the Penn State should have pretty much uh, just, just run the field with Ole Miss. didn't happen. And uh, I think the pressure is going to be up on Franklin without question next year. Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there's a there's a lot of arrogance coming out of the Big Ten and, and Northeast as far – look, I, the Brad Logan – on the Out of Bounds show, he's got the podcast, um, works with David Johnson, 247 Sports, and many other things. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, 
I can remember going to the Gator Bowl in 2010, and I walk into the Mississippi State Team Hotel downtown um, in Jacksonville, and there's a group of Michigan you know, alums and fans, and they're just laughing. They're like, yeah, we just came down to, to wipe the floor with Mississippi State. Um, and I was sitting there thinking, looking at them going, that's, that's pretty, I can't believe y'all are that confident. Um, I didn't know the game was going to be 52 to 17, but, uh, but I felt like they could play. So, so what you're saying is you got a little bit of that too, from the, uh, the Penn state media or fans, uh, not so much the fans, but, but definitely kind of the media. It's, uh, you know, David Eckers, who does a phenomenal job with the, the, the Jackson Clarion ledger, he and I were talking and they had a room where the media went in to visit that sort of thing. And so you've got a collection of Ole Miss media, which is about, not everybody was there, but it was about six or seven of us just sitting there, you know, talking about kind of the season and kind of what they expected. We look across the way, and David said, there's nothing to have 85, you know, members of the media covering Penn State. You know, David's a graduate of Penn State. So I jokingly told David, I'm blown away at the number of media covering Penn State. It was a whole room. Of nothing but Penn State media. Really? So, yeah, it was huge. Uh, but I, I, I've never seen anything like it. And then, so uh, obviously at the game, you know, Ole Miss has its normal collection of media, and then the the rest of the press box is Penn State. It was <laughs> nothing I'd ever seen. It, it's just but the thing about it, and, and James talked about it during the press conference. He said, look, we're the preeminent team in the state of Pennsylvania. You've got State College in the middle, and you've got Pittsburgh, and you've got Philadelphia to the east and to the west. And, uh, you know, I jokingly saw with some of the Penn State, not Penn State, the Peach Bowl the administrators that came down for the Ole Miss uh, introductory press conference about they you know, officially invited Lane Kiffin and officially invited Keith Carter to the, uh, the Peach Bowl. And I talked to a couple of guys. I was like, yeah, tell me a little bit about Pennsylvania. He's like, yeah, man, very rural. All of a sudden, you're driving through the country, and you come up on this massive stadium, this huge, uh, you know, college town or whatever. Now, the town's not very big, but the university is huge. And so, yeah, everybody just kind of ascends on State College, Happy Valley there every Saturday, and over 100,000. And it is the university in Pennsylvania. And, uh, yeah, huge collection of media I've never seen in my life. Wow. Yeah, I've been up there for Penn State, Ohio State. You you, you described it spot on. Um, you, you just – we drove in from Pittsburgh. We flew into Pittsburgh and drove in and – you drive and drive, and then all of a sudden, boom, you see it, and it is it is massive. Um, I don't know why they thought they – I mean, Ole Miss was better. They fired their offensive coordinator after 10 games. Manny Diaz left, what, three weeks before the, the bowl game. Yeah, there was some, some form of turmoil, really. I mean, offensively, they didn't really have a direction. Not to mention they had a number of opt-outs. And, Bo, we didn't know about – they ended up having like eight or nine opt-outs. I saw that. And we didn't know that until someone slid a piece of paper on our desk with about, I don't know, 45 minutes to go to kickoff. So, you know, we, we knew Chop Robinson was out. We knew Johnny Dixon probably was out. Other than that, there weren't any opt-outs. Maybe that offensive tackle that I can't say his name, he was really good. But none of those guys played, plus about seven others. And that played a factor. I don't, I don't think anybody's crazy enough to, to see that. But, you know, Ole Miss just – you know, just did what they wanted to with Penn State. And, uh, yeah, I don't think that said well to the fan base. And I don't think James Franklin is, you know, incredibly happy going into the 
24 season, and he looked really frustrated uh, at the, the post-game press conference. Yeah, no, I get it. Well, um, look, Ole Miss has some momentum. They're on a roll. I don't know where I'd put it. You know, I've got, I've got Bama, Georgia, and Texas ahead of y'all going into 2024. Um, and then from there... We're going to see, you know, does Ole Miss live up to the hype, what Mizzou does, and then does, I guess, LSU turn it around? Those are my next three teams. How do you see it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens with Texas. I think Texas and, and Ole Miss are kind of right there. You know, I think there's an argument to be made for Ohio State. We'll see what, what happens with Michigan during the offseason. Obviously, there's LSU hanging out. There's Missouri that's kind of – they killed it in the portal. They, they've been recruiting – you know, it lights out under uh, Drinkwitz, so they're kind of right there. I don't know anybody out west who we might be talking about. You know, I think Washington's going to fall apart after tonight. Uh, that's to no, you know, the uh, whole. I mean, I'm not discrediting anything they're doing. They may win the national championship. I'm just saying they're losing a ton. Right. Uh, and then anybody up in the Northeast, other than Ohio State, Michigan, you know, I, I don't know. So, um, and then maybe anybody the ACC. I don't think anybody's going to jump over Ole Miss, uh, not named Florida State or Clemson. We'll see what happens with them. I think top 10 and, uh, you know, somewhere there about. But, yeah, I think they'll be top five by October the 12th if they can win at Carolina and then beat Kentucky at home. And uh, that's the that's the fighting Mark Stoops in the earlier part of the year when they actually have a pulse. So you're going to get a, a pretty good Kentucky team at least that thinks they're going to do something. Mark Stoops, I've said it all along, best job in college football. Goes seven and five, multiple millions of dollars, no pressure whatsoever. They're just ready for hoop season. He was crazy to entertain the Iowa job or uh, the Texas A&M job or anywhere else. He's got it made. So we'll see what uh, Kentucky team Ole Miss gets and then at Carolina. They can win at Carolina, though. I think, you know, it's off to the races. At LSU, that's going to be the game that everybody kind of circles. You come home and host Oklahoma. You go to Northwest Arkansas, Georgia, at Florida. It cranks up in the back half of the schedule without question when you finish with Mississippi State at home. Yeah, you know, Kentucky plays Georgia um, and South Carolina before they play y'all. So, and they open up with Southern Miss. But, um, now, you know, Stoops, I, I think he's he's good for who they are, but uh, far from special and they're never good on offense. That's kind of, I mean, they're tough. They're tough in the trenches and they're usually pretty damn salty on defense. Yeah. Do you, you agree? Yeah, that's fair. Um, and, and, and they play in a much weaker division have, than we do, you know? They do. Uh, but here's the deal with Kentucky is they fall apart at the end of the year. Everybody's like, well, why is that? I was like, well, they play teams that are, I don't know, good. And, <laughs> uh, that's kind of what happens. Sure, they'll have a game or two that, um, you know, they'll they'll surprise somebody, but then they'll fall apart against somebody else. And mm-hmm. like I said, they're 7-5, 8-4, and, and, you know, that, 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 that's how they rock and roll. The team I'm looking forward to out of the East see what Billy Napier does at Florida. It feels like there's a lot of pressure on Napier. I don't know what Ole Miss team, uh, Florida team, Ole Miss is going to get on November the 23rd. So that's definitely one to watch. And also Arkansas. Very surprised that, you know, Sam Pittman got that extra year. And I've been told some, some different reasons off the field why that Hunter Yurchick decided to extend him another year. I didn't quite understand it. So what Arkansas team is Ole Miss going to get? And then Oklahoma. I mean, that's going to be a fun game in Oxford, but who in the world knows what type of Oklahoma team, you know, we're going to see. That's it's, a uh, great question. It's, it's going to be fun to see. Yeah. Question. But, look, it's at LSU, Georgia at home. 
you know, Ole Miss has to win one of the two if they're going to make the college football playoff. Uh, because I think it's going to be tough to, to run the rest of the way. But the good news, you can go 11-2 and still make the playoff, but you leave yourself no error if you lose to both Georgia and LSU. So it's going to be a, a fun team to, to watch, fun team to cover, without question. Yeah. The, I've ne- you know, I, I wasn't sure that the excitement level could ever get um, rise above 2015. And, it ha- of course, Lane's got everything – you know, going in the right direction and a line. He's a top 10 college football coach now. He grew up and um, he's got it all going on. So kudos to him with, with what he's been able to put together. All right, Brad, we'll do it again soon. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Bob. We are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105 Down the Zone, brought to you by Dr. Kirk Jeffries, eye care professionals if you need cataract surgery. Hope you enjoyed the show. Um, Fun show today. Maybe a little too much heavy sports. But national championship game tonight. Washington and Michigan. Can't wait. Somebody asked on the text line, Bo, have you mentioned Stone Blanton? I did not today. Stone Blanton will transfer from South Carolina, Mississippi State. He started there. He'll start at Mississippi State. Look, that's a good pickup for Jeff Levy. You needed needed starters and depth at linebacker. We'll see you tomorrow.